Hi, and welcome to Is This a Brie? My name is Christine. And I'm Anne Marie. And we are here to talk about Thanksgiving cheese. We're going to talk about seasonal cheeses. We're going to talk about hosting and being a guest at special occasion gatherings. And we're going to take time to give thanks for each other, our favorite cheeses, obviously, and you, our wonderful listeners. So as people who spend, I would say, most of our time thinking about food, um, Thanksgiving is obviously a very exciting holiday for us. Christmas is great. You know, we can't not love Christmas. Right. Halloween is cool, but Thanksgiving is really kind of the food lover's holiday. It is a holiday completely devoted to food. Like, Truly, yes. you know, it's like, you know, give thanks, everything you have, be very grateful, blah, 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 blah. but mostly people are here to eat, you know? Right. Yeah. And sort of, I mean, I think the fun thing too is that it's not just the food lovers holiday, but sort of the hospitality lovers holiday. So for those of us who love like putting together dishes that are sort of created to be special or like created because we know someone will really like them. Thanksgiving is really fun because our food loving selves get to indulge, but also it's a fun th- day to sort of take care of people, which is, I think, uh, another really special thing about it. Oh, yeah. Do you have any like uh, appetizers or dishes or anything that you get really psyched to make people as a host, Thanksgiving or any? special occasion in general? Mm, I have to say I'm usually the cheese person. Like I usually am not cooking. Um, For Thanksgiving, I always like to bring seasonal cheeses. Um, The winter, I mean, all cheese has a season, which is something fun that not everyone knows because cheese is an animal product and animals go outside if it's good weather to eat grass or stay inside if it's not great weather and eat hay or grain um cheese is seasonal which not everyone knows i will often make some sort of dessert if it's a smaller gathering or like do the veggies mm. but yeah i guess the, the past few thanksgivings or like actually most of my thanksgivings as a grown up have been friendsgivings and so it's all either been really sort of spread out or I've done it with my boyfriend who loves cooking and is much better at it than I am. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's it's actually a pretty low stress holiday for me usually which is also great. Yeah, what about you? I, you know, like yourself, am normally the cheese person in the room, but I really love bacon wrapped dates. With either some kind of blue cheese or goat cheese and some like real thick balsamic Mm, yeah, is one of my things. Yeah, I think like stuff like that where it's like pretty simple and just entirely based on the quality of the ingredients are the things that I shine at. Yeah, like in the past I've done, I mean, obviously, you know, bring the cheese, but sometimes it's fun to like bring a honey flight as well Ooh. and be like this clover honey you know tastes like cinnamon toast crunch and this meadow foam honey tastes like lucky charms not all honey tastes like cereal those ones <laughs> just do, i guess but yeah i feel like things like that are uh what i have done a lot for thanksgiving or or bringing drinks um which is another great thing it's actually very similar to cheese where people like it but don't 
always know how to shop for it. So if you bring something great, you get a lot of attention and actually like more attention than the people who actually did work. Right. Which right. is awesome. Like how fucked up is that? Like if you're just like, hey, you know, if people, you know, people have been cooking for hours, like, hey, but if I show up with an 87 Heights, everyone's looking at me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Or even cheese, like so much credit for it. And I think that's why I always make sure that I'm the cheese person is yeah you really have to do almost nothing yeah. like you can plate it in a pretty way if you'd like but even if you don't do that people really are grateful for sure um and the so the Thanksgiving cheeses that we chose are sort of the height of uh cheese options I think especially around this time of year where you have some really fun seasonal cheeses around I would definitely say that unless you have an immense amount of disposable income, these are cheeses to only bring if you really like who you're having Thanksgiving with. Um, if you don't, I wouldn't even say if you don't like them, but if you just don't care about impressing them or if you don't think they'll appreciate like really special cheese, which not everyone right. does. Appreciation is a big thing. Yeah. It's just like, this is definitely food yeah. for food people, which not all of our yeah. episodes will be about, but this is definitely like special occasion stuff that you bring to people that you love to share with people that you love that will enjoy it yeah so this is you know we're calling it the thanksgiving episode but really it's sort of like special occasion cheese in the fourth quarter <laughs> of the year you know like you're having a gathering with people who will appreciate these cheeses open them up so that's kind of what we're going at <laughs> with these um, and we're excited about them because again they're seasonal and really special like these are two of my favorite cheeses um so the cheeses we're going to talk about today are rush creek reserve um which i'm going to talk about and then and marie's going to tell us about rogue river blue which um is the best cheese in the world apparently um but rush creek so rush creek i'm really excited that it's rush creek season um i housed a whole rush creek yesterday um, with a couple friends, <laughs> and it was life-giving. So when you're a child and Christmas comes around, you get really excited, and it's you're like sort of on the edge of your seat for it. And I don't always find that as an adult with holidays, but as a cheese person, Rush Creek season very much feels like that, where you're like excited, like the anticipation is building up, and it just like all of a sudden happens, and you're <laughs> in heaven. Um, so Rush Creek is made by Uplands, and Uplands is in Wisconsin. And Uplands makes the most awarded cheese in American history, which is named Pleasant Ridge Reserve, which I'm sure we'll talk about this season, um, oh, yeah. slash in the podcast a bunch, because it's delicious. Uh, just very magical. Um, but Uplands makes two cheeses, and they're seasonal. So Rush Creek is uh, the second cheese they started making. Pleasant Ridge is made during the summer um, when the cows are out sort of grazing on that really beautiful lush pasture. Um, they do something called rotational grazing. So the cows really get the most nutritious grass at the best time. It gets really geeky and fun. Um, but Rush Creek is made just during the fall as the cows are moving from the pasture into the dry hay. Changing your recipe at this time of year is a pretty traditional European cheesemaker thing to do. Um, all the makers of cheeses like Gruyere or Comté historically would not make those cheeses in the winter. They would switch to a softer, um, small format cheese because as the cows are eating that hay instead of that grass, 
they sort of move into winter eating. They make less milk, but it's higher in fat and protein. Um, so it sort of the recipe is kind of based on that. So Andy Hatch, who's the cheesemaker at Eplins, makes Rush Creek. Um, it's a raw milk cheese. Everything they make is raw milk, which for a cheese nerd is very exciting because you sort of get the benefit of cheese terroir, which um, is something we like to talk about in cheese, but really you mostly get terroir from cheeses that are raw milk because they express more seasonality um, by not pasteurizing the milk at the beginning of the process you get more of the microflora that was in the milk already and that imparts flavor that's really hard to replicate um, but Rush Creek even honestly if you didn't know anything about Uplands I think Rush Creek is just such a fun cheese um, it's a little sort of small format spruce bound cheese so you do sort of get that woodsiness from it. It's another <laughs> cheese that people would ask, is this a brie? And no, it's not a brie. Uh, but it does have that, you know, similar mold, but um, there's a little bit of a wash that goes on. So it turns the outside of the cheese orange um, or like lightly orange, like, you know, burnt sienna and not that saturated. Um, but the fun thing, too, especially because this is a raw milk cheese, is that it really does change flavor in the past um, you know, Rush Creek, I've had it be really pistachioy. I've had it be really bacony. Um, I've this year it was a little more mushroomy, um, which I mean, it's still on the it was like solidly ripe, but it does have some more ripening it can do. So I'm interested to see what it does. Um, but it's another one where you can uh, it's really nice to sort of lob the top off and dip things into. It's a sort of like oozy, gooey guy. And yesterday when I was eating it, uh, I was dipping uh, salt and pepper pork rinds into it, which was really That's amazing. Just like, oh. it, was, it was so good. I can't even tell you how happy I was. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. But, um, you know, it's another one, like, make some crostini um you know you could roast veggies um when i <laughs> when rush creek came in uh, to the cheese shop by me i bought two wheels immediately and the idea was one um to have before thanksgiving and one for thanksgiving i think for thanksgiving we're gonna do like some roasted veggies you know fun mushrooms mm. and like honey nut squash and potatoes and all that and dip that in the rush creek which will be really good but don't feel like you have to go super out of your way to eat Rush Creek. Like, just buy it and dip whatever you have in it. Um, and it's just a special cheese. You know, it's one that only comes around for a few months out of the year. So if you see it, it is um, around me. I think it's like $30 for a wheel. It might be a little less or a little more than that. But if you see it and you, it's in your budget, it's absolutely is worth Is there any... Um... Any beside, I mean, you kind of said already, like sauteed veggies and everything that you're gonna that you would pair with it. Crostini would be nice. Um, you could do raw veggies. I think the roast gives it a little more depth, which matches sort of the complexity of Rush Creek better. Like I wouldn't. I mean, you could dip a raw carrot in, and it'd be tasty. But I think something with a little more gravitas is going to be a little nicer. Um, yeah, anything with a little bit of the Maillard reaction going on, I think would be great. But I mean, again, also p potato chips would be great. Um, like, you know, salami, you could dip very happily in Rush Creek. I'd say just like make a little spread of dipping things. Like we were dipping pretzels in there, which was also really good. Especially if you don't have a bunch of time, like Rush Creek is a really special cheese and 
you can just dip bread in it and it's going to be great. But yeah, if you want to go a little further out, maybe roast some potatoes and like thick wedges for dipping or cauliflower would be really good. Thicker mushrooms um, would be nice. And yesterday when I was eating it, uh, I was dipping salt and pepper pork rinds into it, Uh. which was... Um, really magical. Oh my god! <laughs> um, You're a bad bitch. Just like, That's amazing. It was. It was so oh. good. I can't even tell you how happy I was. God, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do I need to save that rush creek for Thanksgiving, or am I gonna just eat it now? No, I just eat it now. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Minneapolis on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and so whenever I'm in the Midwest, specifically, I always like getting cheese plates at restaurants. I don't everywhere because it it depends. A lot of people yeah. judge a restaurant by their bathrooms. I judge their menu by their cheese plate. <laughs> yeah, all, way, way more important. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, this lets me know whether or not you know what you're talking about. And we were at uh, Spoon and Stable, which is an incredible restaurant. If anyone is listening in Minneapolis or going soon, it is so good and uh, everyone there that is involved with that operation cares so much about food. Uh, and I, so I ordered the cheese plate cause I'm like, all right, I want to know what's going on here. First cheese on the board, Rush Creek reserve. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it's really special. I feel like when I was in Wisconsin a few months ago, one of the things that I thought was really cool was how much, pride there was for the farmers and producers nearby you know like people really do try to if there's a cheese plate make sure that it's local and like you know wholeheartedly support both with their words and what they choose to buy um, which is amazing and you should especially you know if they're incredible farmers and cheesemakers and all of that working near you like why wouldn't you support them yeah it's farm to table because the farm's over there and the table's over here right exactly we yeah yeah love it so shall we talk about rogue river blue yes i would always like to talk about rogue river blue Uh, i'm being honest as would i it (laughs) it is so good so rogue river blue is from uh rogue creamery in oregon they have a really cool history too i was like reading up i'm pretty sure um have you been to vela cheese in sonoma i haven't no i need to it's uh really cool it's one of the oldest i think they're one of the only ones that lasted through the depression by instead of like a lot of breweries turned their operations into ice cream i think vela went from brewery to cheese um so when tom vela who's the founder of vela cheese factory opened up the creamery in southern oregon in the middle of the depression uh you know the creamery kind of exploded the area created a bunch of jobs and they focus almost exclusively on blue cheeses which it makes sense because they do it really well Um, oh my god so well and so well (laughs) it's stupid oh what's that one um uh, vineyard in the Finger Lakes that only does Riesling. Oh, uh, I mean, Herman J. Beamer does a lot of Riesling. Is that? Yeah, like they do. Beans. But there's one that only does Riesling. And, you know, you do one thing for so long, you get really good at it. And that has been reflected recently by being announced the best cheese in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and like, even better, like, 
I mean, you know, obviously there's competitions or whatever, like, you know, a little bit. Like, it's it's like people voting. It's not, like, it's hard to objectively vote for the best cheese in the world. Like, it's obviously going to be based on your preference. But one of the cool things that I was just reading about is that not only was it voted the best cheese in the world, but it was an American cheese being voted the best cheese in the world in Italy, and it beat out like a two-year parm to be voted the best cheese in the world, which is crazy because Italians have kind of an insane level of loyalty to their products, which like I would too if I was Italian. Like uh, That's great and fair. But like not only was it voted the best cheese in the world, but it was voted the best cheese in the world in relation to like a crazy, crazy good cheese, which is amazing. I love it so much. Right, which is in keeping with their history because in 2003, I think was when it gained international recognition for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like beat out all of these huge European institutions of cheese, mm-hmm. especially as a blue cheese, it beat out Roquefort and Stilton. Which is kind of insane. That's like truly, truly crazy. Truly insane. And like now it's uh, pasteurized milk. Mm-hmm. Um but it was the first American raw milk cheese to be exported to Europe, mm-hmm. which is also insane because, like we were saying, American cheese is very new in the world. And to have it exported to, you know, we think of really amazing cheeses. We always think, oh, is it a French cheese? Is it Italian cheese? Is it a Swiss yep. cheese? All of these things that we import. And then for the first time, they were the American cheese that was exported to be sold in Europe. And that is a crazy accomplishment in itself. It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and I, I love that, that, you know, there's still articles like there was that one. What was it on? Like the Guardian that was like, is American cheese really deserving of its bad reputation? And it was like, first of all, people who know American cheese don't think it like don't think poorly of it because there is some really good stuff obviously there's trash too it's uh, the people who are working to make american cheese incredible are doing a really good job like it's that you know the best part about cheese is that it is so simple which doesn't mean it's easy but you know milk rennet culture salt um you know treat your cows well give them nice things to eat like it's not something that's impossible to do to do in the u.s it's just hard so rogue is one of the producers that's really giving american cheese a new name around the world which is exciting yeah so i saw the new york whenever the new york times writes about cheese i'm like whoa what's happening like you know it's something big happening in the world so they recently wrote about rogue river blue and i think the title of the article is like this is the best cheese in the world and this is how much it costs and i'm like Uh, that's an interesting take I would like to propose this is what many people think is the best cheese in the world because of one awards system. And this is what it's wrapped in because let's talk about what it's wrapped in. What is one of the reasons what makes this cheese so special is that it's wrapped in grape leaves that have been soaked in pear brandy. Yeah. And it's like grape leaves from their next door neighbor's vineyard. Yeah. Like it's like all super local so instead of saying, like, this is how much it cost, it's like, yes, it's a pricey cheese. So let's say this is why it's expensive and this is why it's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're, I mean, it's fine to be like, oh, wow, $40 a pound for cheese is a lot because, yeah, relative to most of the cheese we grow up with in the US, that is a lot. But you also need to change your perception of value because, again, a lot of work goes into that. If you can afford it, it's worth supporting the cheese maker and it's just a really delicious cheese it's so good 
it's not a super often in blues you'll get uh an overpower of spice sometimes Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is not that way um rogue river whenever i've had it it's been very like there's a fruitiness to it but also somehow nutty and it's creamy and crumbly at the same time and it's definitely layered there's a lot going on so it's very layered and nuanced and wonderful Oh, yeah. Again, there's usually kind of like a boozy and like chocolatey thing. I usually get hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Like there really is so much going on. Mm-hmm. It's just like the prettiest cheese. Um, it's I'm not a big like putting fruity things with cheese person in general, um, with a few exceptions. But Rogue River Blue, I think, is really nice with like even like strawberry preserves, raspberry preserves, like something with acidity that's also fruity because the cheese has that in such a beautiful way as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's dessert it's like the best dessert that anyone will ever have and it's so brilliant having the local grape leaves soaked in pear brandy because pears and blue cheese is one of my favorite snacks has been since I was like eight which probably also says something about what kind of (laughs) eight-year-old I was (laughs) (laughs) but you can thank my mother for that one um yeah oh absolutely yeah and one thing I just realized actually is that and we didn't do this on purpose, but um, we did two American cheeses for Thanksgiving cheese. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of fun, right? Like, it's a very American holiday. Yeah. And, you know, Thanksgiving's all about gratitude and spending time around people that you love and giving thanks for everything you have. And what better cheeses to do that with than things that also took a lot of time, a lot of love, and a lot of community to create oh yeah like truly some of the most special cheeses in the u.s yeah everyone gathers around and tastes it like it feels very sweet and you know something that's that you can't replicate like you can't just have rogue river blue be ready in july that's just not how it works so yeah it's something it it's a great practice in patience yes which we in this day and age don't always <laughs> get to do because you know we live in, a, in an age of instant gratification and to have something still to hold on to that you really have to wait all year for that it brings it's a very specific kind of joy that you don't find in a lot of places anymore but you really got to wait. And then that just, I think, at least for me, makes it all that much more enjoyable once you get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Christine, what are three foods that you are grateful for on the spot? We did not rehearse <laughs> this at all. We didn't even know we were doing it. It's a great question, though. So today, in this moment, right now, what are three foods that you are grateful for? Um, <laughs> uh, so the first thing that comes to mind are uh, croissants, because I just started making them at home, mm. um, which is actually not very hard. It just takes a long time. But if you like break it up into like several days, then it's really, really uh, low key. Um, yeah, come visit us and I will make you croissants because <laughs> it's delightful. Um, and then I'm grateful for falafel because Ooh. I had a friend visiting this weekend and we maybe overdid it a little bit. I woke up not feeling great this morning and ordered a breakfast falafel, which I didn't know I could do, uh, at 8 a.m. with home fries, and it was delicious. Um, So I'm grateful for breakfast falafel for sure. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm always grateful for potatoes. Like those home fries really kind of did the spot. Sure. 
Yeah. What about you? Oh, God. Um, um, I did this to myself. I asked this question. And, <laughs> you did. And I have no idea. You even had time to think about I it. I did, but I wanted to be present. I wanted to listen to you. <laughs> Ooh, good answer. Good answer. Oh, shit. Okay. I am <laughs> grateful for, you know what? Whole grain mustard. Oh, yes. I uh, have only recently, in terms of my life, uh, I guess, uh, become like a big mustard fan. And it's like little, it's like mustard caviar. Yeah. It's And it's beautiful. There's so many colors going on in there. You can add it to so many things. I made, was that last Christmas? Last Christmas, I made these um, Fontina whole grain mustard potatoes. Ooh with creme fraiche that is was like a game changer for my life um yeah that's amazing i'd say whole grain mustard um (laughs) you know peanut butter Ooh, always yes it's always been there for me you know uh always a friend you gotta love it especially on such an american holiday so yeah peanut butter is wonderful salty and sweet which is uh my desired mood at all times always yes and i would say toast yes because there are few things as satisfying as the perfect level of toast on a great bread and the options of butters and jams that i've told you about warm and toasty right I think so. It was the idea that I came up with in college for a toast bar, which I (laughs) still am 100% behind. Every kind of bread for every kind of spread. And, (laughs) you know, you have local butters, jams, jellies, nut butters. So there are so many options within toast. uh, And it's very homey. It's very nostalgic. It makes me very happy. I love that. That's... Yeah, a toast bar would be amazing, especially if you had like a solid like latte situation. I feel like there's like there are a few things lovelier than like a toast and latte. Right. Ooh, yeah. And it's so simple. And my mom was like, you can have the best grilled cheese in the world. I'm like, no, 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 because then you get into sandwich territory. Yeah. No. And like I, you know, what then you get into what defines a sandwich. I don't want to get there. The hot dog people already pissed me off in that. <laughs> area so piss everyone off honestly right um i love hot dogs but not in that argument (laughs) if no one is uh familiar uh there is (laughs) there is a uh, feud going on between people that think a hot dog is a sandwich and people that uh are reasonable (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you know that is my opinion uh, my factual opinion that a hot dog is not a sandwich. It's something, you know, why can't we just be our own thing? Why, why categorize things? Right? You know? Yeah. Agreed. Toast, peanut butter, and whole grain mustard. Whole grain mustard. Yeah. There we go. Yes. We're grateful for great foods. We're grateful for great foods. Yeah. Yeah. So if you enjoyed this and would like more cheese content, we would love if you liked us on Instagram. Actually, I guess one doesn't like profiles on Instagram, does one? (laughs) If you liked us on Facebook, followed us on Instagram, liked our posts, subscribed, all of that stuff. 
And thanks for listening. Hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.